We're so glad for each and every one of you who are here in the house of the Lord today. At this time, I would like to dismiss our Bridge Student Network, both at junior high and senior high, are dismissed at this time to their breakout classes. So it's going to be a great time for them. And uh, the rest of you, while they're uh, heading out to their class, if you want to take your Bible or your digital Bible and turn to the book of John chapter 8, and then I want to read one verse of scripture from Hebrews chapter number 4, John chapter 8, and then Hebrews chapter number 4. Uh, I know they're already heading out, but we were so blessed on Wednesday night by the Bridge Student Network takeover service. It was so powerful, and uh, the kids, the young people did a great job, and our youth pastor, Brother Ivan Trejo, ministered a powerful word from the Lord, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, John chapter 8, verse number 31, I want to read just a couple scriptures and then we'll talk about what's going to be happening this week in our life groups. John chapter 8, verse 31, the Bible says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Amen. So he said, first of all, um, they were believers, but he said, if you continue in my word, number one, you're my disciples, and number two, you're going to know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth is going to make you free. And somebody say amen. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, the King James Version of the Bible says this about the Word of God. It says this, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I want to tell you right now that uh, the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God is the most powerful tool it's the most powerful spiritual weapon it's the most powerful agent of change in a person's life there is nothing in the world that's more powerful than God's word anybody believe that right now that the word of God is so powerful and there's nothing that you may be facing or going through or confused about that immersing yourself in the Word of God will not take care of. And uh, I I'm thankful for the Word of the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for its power. However, a Bible on a shelf or even a Bible under your arm is not as powerful as a Bible that is internalized and lived out in a person's life. And so today, not just today, but over the next several weeks, I do want to announce we're thrilled and excited. Next Sunday, uh, Brother Eli Hernandez is going to be with us preaching the Word of the Lord, the prophetic ministry of Eli Hernandez next Sunday. But during this season, we're going to focus our attention on the Word of God, not just to study it like a, um, uh, like a subject at school, but to learn how to unlock the power of the Word of God in our lives, the power of the Word of God in us and in the people around us. And so today we're going to just stop by, start by speaking about unlocking 
the power of the word. Unlocking the power of the word. Let's ask God to speak to us today uh, through the preached word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word which is established and forever settled in the heavens. Your word is a rock on which we can build our lives, and we're thankful for the word of God. Lord, I'm so grateful right now that I don't have to be left with a guessing game about what your desire is, what your plan is, what your purpose is, and uh, what your heart is. But you provided us with the greatest gift that we could ever receive, a love letter. Lord God, that shows exactly how you feel about us and uh, exactly how we can please you and how our lives can be enhanced through an understanding of the Word of God. I'm asking today that you would speak to us, uh, that there would be a powerful revelation that comes to us or, or illumination or understanding from the Word of the Lord. And we thank you for that. We just believe it's going to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. If you believe God's going to answer that prayer today, just put your hands together. Clap for the Lord right now. Amen. And so uh, you may be seated. I want to just take a moment here as we start this to introduce this season that we're going into beginning this week. Uh, You've heard before and seen uh, our um, logo for 40 days in the Word of God. There's something powerful uh, throughout the Scripture, the symbolism of 40 days. Uh, We know many times that uh, 40 days is a symbol Uh, of testing and completion. So we're going to take 40 days starting this week, and we're going to focus our attention in on the Word of the Lord. Now, not just studying it as an artifact or even studying it as as a powerful resource. We have three specific goals that we want to accomplish during the next 40 days. First of all, um, I think it's important for us to once again fall in love with the Word of God. Amen, because uh, the Bible says that when people don't receive a love for the truth, that God eventually turns them over to a way of thinking where they'll believe a lie. And so it's not a matter of just knowing the Bible. It's even more than just believing the Bible. But I think it's important for us to fall in love with the Word of God, to understand why it's something to be loved, to delight In the word of the Lord. So the first goal is to love the word of God. The second goal is to learn the word of the Lord. Uh, There is so much to be gained and garnered and harvested through study of the word of the Lord. And when you fall in love with the word, you begin to expose yourself more to the word. And then you begin to learn some powerful things. But it's more than just loving the word and learning the word. But I believe that the word becomes most powerful when we live the Word of God. Somebody said before, you only really believe the parts of the Bible that you do. And so I think it's significant for us to fall in love with the Word of God again, to learn from the Word of God, and to begin to live out the principles of the Word of God. Do you think that would be a valuable commitment of 40 days to say we're committed to to spend 40 days in the Word of the Lord, focusing our attention on loving, learning, and living the Word of God? If you agree with that, put your hands together. If you think that'd be good. So on Sunday, we'll be ministering toward that end. Of course, we do. We will have some guests, uh, uh, at least one guest speaker during this season of six weeks. But uh, for the next six weeks, we are uh, going to be having small group uh, Bible studies in homes uh, across the region. And um, 
we want to, I want to strongly encourage you to be a part of this because this 40-day journey really will impact you if you become a part of one of these groups. If you don't connect with one of these groups, the impact is going to be mitigated dramatically. It's going to be very limited. And so um, also, uh, just to give you a little insight into how this is going to work, it's a, it's a beautiful resource that's here. Uh, there is a, a 40 Days in the Word workbook, and um, this is a fantastic resource, and we are selling it for $10, and so I want to encourage you to get a hold of this. It has uh, outlines for the sessions that we're going to have, the six weeks, but also it has 40 days of uh, short um, studies where you read a scripture and you respond to the uh, scripture and then also on the website called 40daysintheword.com there is a, a a little devotional study for each of the 40 days now you may be wondering when does the 40 days start the 40 days start at your first group meeting this week so that's when uh, day one begins. So I want to encourage you to uh, get a hold of this resource. It's uh, also uh, got some powerful teaching in here about how we can know that the Bible's true, how we can trust the word of the Lord, and uh, also some teaching uh, in there um, uh, about uh, um, di different things about the different translations of Scripture and so forth. So it'll be a great resource for you to have, and it'll also be your guidebook through our season of study. And uh, as I said before, after service, you'll be able to sign up for one of the small groups, find out where it's meeting, what time it's meeting this week, and plug into the group. Everybody got it? Say got it. Amen. So here we go. Over the last five Sundays, beginning the year of, of 2019, we have focused on the theme of possessing God's promises about moving from just hoping and believing that God would fulfill his promises to reaching out, stretching out, and actually taking possession of God's promises. Of course, we focused on the fact that there has to be a change of mind to move from expectancy to possession. We talked about the biblical triggers the last five weeks, the biblical triggers of fasting and prayer and giving and worship last week and how that these triggers enable us to possess the promises of God. But as we transition today into a, a new series or a new a season of focus, uh, I, I want to draw your attention back to Joshua chapter 1 again. As the children of Israel are, they've been led by Moses and now Joshua's taken over and he's about to lead them across the Red Sea into the promised land where they would begin to possess, first of all, Jericho and then the various cities within the promised land that they had been uh, anticipating and hoping for for generations. But after Moses dies and before they cross the Red Sea, as Joshua is preparing, God appears to Joshua. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And begins to speak to him and tell him, hey, it's time to possess. It's time to move in to the promised land. But I want you to notice that in chapter 1, verse 7, God says this specifically. He says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. He's saying, Remember the tablets of stone, which is the word of God that I gave to Moses. Be strong and courageous to observe the law which Moses commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. 
So he's saying, Joshua, you got favor, you got blessing, you got promise on your life. You've got a whole round of promises that you're about to take God's people into. But let me remind you here that if you want to prosper, if you want to be blessed, don't forget about the tablets in the ark because the tablets in the ark are important. And if you refuse to fail to observe them, if you continue to observe the commandments, then you will prosper wherever you go. And look at verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. God says, Joshua, if you want to lead people into possession of promises, if you want to possess your promises, then those tablets and the word of that law should be on your mouth day and night, and you should meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. I want to tell you right now, this is really the only place where the Bible says you're going to be successful and prosperous. If you want to be successful and prosperous, don't look for a gimmick. Don't look for a trick. Don't look for one little thing that you can do to make this happen. The Word of God says if you will abide in the law, if you'll keep the Word in your mouth, if you'll meditate in the Word day and night, God says, Joshua, Israel, you'll, you'll, you'll possess all the promises you want. You'll be prosperous and you will be successful. This is the promise of the Word of God. If you understand how valuable this word is, if you understand how important this word is, if you can learn to delight in the word of God and meditate day and night, then Joshua, God said, I'll promise you that you'll be prosperous and you'll be successful. I'm talking about the power of the word of God. This is where we see the promise of success and prosperity only if you're familiar with the word, if you're observant of the word, and if you're a doer of the word, then God promises success and prosperity. So the next few weeks during this semester of groups, this 40 days of focus, uh, we're going to look at the word of God. Now this relates to our desire to possess the promises of the Lord as our annual theme because where are the promises of the Lord contained? Right in here. And so in order to possess the promises of God, you've got to know what those promises are. And they're listed in the Bible, the terms of the promises, the promises of those that are a part of the covenant, the old covenant and the new covenant, the promises that trace all the way back to Father Abraham. I believe it's impossible to possess promises that you're not familiar with. And so you need to be familiar with the Word of God. The Bible says at one point that my people are destroyed through a lack of knowledge. I believe oftentimes there are things that we don't possess because we don't know it's available to us. And by becoming familiar with the Word of the Lord, by eating the Word of the Lord, by having it in your mouth, by meditating day and night, you're going to live a life that is continuously accessing the, accessing the promises of God. But when you get disconnected from the Word, think it not strange if God's promises aren't unfolding in your life because you're not even thinking or believing or conscious of them because you're disconnected from the Word of the Lord. 
Lord. Oh, people, don't be destroyed through a lack of knowledge. Don't be disconnected from God's promises because of a lack of meditation and observance to the word of the Lord. This ancient book right here, 66 different books in a divinely inspired library, many writers but one author. I want to tell you that this is not just some book to be studied because it claims of itself to be the God-breathed inspired word of God, which means it's either what it says that it is or it's a big hoax. There's no middle ground. And I choose to believe that this is the inspired word of God. And thereby, I ought to build my life on the word of the invisible, eternal God. He gave us his word. So this is not a book about God. It is the word of God. And it is inspired or breathed by God. And I want to tell you, the Bible says in John 17, 17, Jesus said in his prayer, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. He says this to, to, uh, in his prayer. It's Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus, is crying out to his heavenly Father, and he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Change them through your truth, and that thy word is truth. I want to tell you, this is ultimate truth. This is ultimate truth right here. There's a lot of opinions, a lot of ideas, a lot of perspectives. But through faith, we embrace this as the word of God. And we could take time to explain uh, the reasons why we can put our confidence in the word of the Lord. But suffice it to say that you've got to grasp and believe that something is truth. And the word of God is truth because the reality is whether you are conscious of it or not, you're going to build your life on something. There's going to be a set of values, a set of beliefs, a, 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 a set of things that are important or unimportant to you, and you're, you're going to build your life on it. I see a lot of people, they build their whole life on the opinion of others. Some people build their life on the opinion of their parents. Some people build their life on the traditions that their family had. Some people build their life. This is what we see a lot in culture today is people build their lives on what's normalized in culture today in, in 2019. And the reality is, if you build your life on cultural norms, you'll notice that they change all the time. When you look back over history, what was truth back then is not truth today. And what was acceptable in culture then is not acceptable today. You know what the Bible refers to? This? It says it's, it's sifting sand. It's shifting sand. It's not solid. Anybody with me right now? Culture is shifting. Values are shifting. Right and wrong or the perception of right and wrong in culture is ever more shifting. And when you build your life on sifting, sand when the storm comes when the rain starts to fall then the house will not stand but I choose to build my family I choose, choose to build my life I choose to build toward my future by starting on a foundation that is solid and I want to tell you today that if it was true a thousand years ago it's true today and should the Lord tarry it'll be true a thousand years from today because the word of God is established it's settled it's the same yesterday today and forever amen I delight in the word of the Lord. Amen. Something about the word, it's solid, it's established. You can walk on it. It's sure footing. 
Some people are like, well, how could you delight in the law? It's, a, it's kind of commandments, it's laws, it's instructions of living and so forth. I can see submitting to it and obeying it, but how do you delight in the law of God? The best way to delight in the law of God is to see what happens when you ignore the law of God. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been walking on a pathway before and you're like, I'm going to take me a shortcut. Because I know better than the people that have been walking this path. And you get out and you find yourself in brambles and briars and sunk up to your knees in quicksand. And you're like, oh my word, I'm never going to make it where I want to go. And so you make your way back to the path. And you climb up out of that, start picking that stuff off of you. And you put your foot on something solid. And you're like, I like this. I delight in this. And I want to tell you that somewhere in a world that is going crazy with its values and beliefs, there is a group of people that says, I'm going to stand on what's been solid. Solid for hundreds of years and thousands of years. Because guess what? The grass withereth and the flower fadeth. But God said, my word will stand forever. And it has stood through generations of critics and those that tried to destroy its legitimacy and tried to destroy people's confidence and trust in the word of God. I want to remind you today that Satan hates it when you put your trust in the word of God. And he'll do anything that he can because he knows that the word is truth. And he knows that the truth will set you free. Well, praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Satan wants to destroy our confidence and trust in God's word. And you know, I, I look at our culture. I'm not an old man, but I've been around a few years. And uh, I, I see right now an assault in un the United States of America against Bible believers that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Because we believe that the Word of God is truth. This is our foundation. It's absolute. And the world that we live in today is a world of relativism, which means whatever feels right, whatever your feelings say is truth. And so the ultimate truth is don't hurt anybody's feelings. Tolerate and accept and believe that whatever anybody believes is truth. And this is moral relativism. And they will tolerate anything except for somebody that believes in absolutes. There's no tolerance for people that believe in the Word of God. I read an article this week, and I was just, it, it illustrates, just one of many that, that illustrates this point. There's a famous Hollywood actor whose name is Chris Pratt who this week went on a late night comedy talk show and uh, in the talk show he began to share about the church that he attends and how that his pastor led them to go on a Daniel fast and uh, he had just come off the Daniel fast and he shared about his faith in general terms about being a light and then the next day he came under criticism and under fire from an actress named Ellen Page and uh, she criticized her and all these people just began to amen amen you're right girl go get him and the reason is she said Chris Pratt shouldn't be able to say those types of things because he comes from an anti-LGBT church. And uh, if, if you know anything about this, this church that this actor goes to is not a conservative fundamental church. It's a progressive church. You might even consider it a liberal church. But the problem is that church still believes in the Bible. 
and, and in our culture today, it's, unex, it's become unacceptable. Can you believe that? Just in my lifetime, where even unbelievers realized that there's something valuable and solid and stable about the Word of God, but there is an absolute spiritual upheaval against those that put their confidence in the Word of God. I want to tell you, the Bible says this in, in Isaiah 5.20. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Micah 3 says this, you're supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones that hate good and love evil. I want to tell you that there is a satanic uh, objective, and in our culture, those that are critical of those that have beliefs, what is their whole goal? It's not about LGBT, it's about destroy the authority of this thing right here, and make fun and mock anybody that still believes that the word of God is true. But I want to tell you that in this day, the Bible is still the foundation that you can build your family on. The Bible is still a foundation that will bring blessing and hope and favor into your life. It's worked all the way back in the time of Joshua and in the church today. I want to tell you the same, that if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be successful, if you want to be blessed, marinate on the word of God. Get it in your mouth. Fall in love with truth. said it before, if it was true a thousand years ago, it will be true a thousand years from now. And I want to spend the last 10 minutes here focusing, 10, 15 minutes focusing on how to unlock the power of the Word of God. Because you have this thing here that's powerful. It has the ability to enhance your life, to, to uh, bring major transformation. To, uh, uh, to, to enable powerful things to transpire. But if you don't know how to access this, if you don't know how to unlock the power in the word of God, it's an unrealized potential. And uh, it just, in a sense, is sitting there. I know uh, before we've talked about how our church has a church management system or, uh, uh, you know, things that we're able to use to do so many things for us. But if you don't know how to access, if you don't know how to take advantage of it, you have all of this potential that's unused. And today I want to talk about this word of God. I know you're here today. You're, you're here because you believe in God. You believe in the word of God or you wouldn't be listening to me today. But I'm talking about unlocking the full potential of the word of God. That's what this next 40 days is about. It's about enabling the word of God to be unlocked so that its purpose can be fulfilled in your life. I want you to look in your Bibles. Turn to James chapter 1. I want to read a few verses here beginning uh, at verse number 18. James chapter 1 and verse number 18. We're going to read just a few verses here that talk about how we unlock the Word of God, how we access the power of the Word of God. But I want you to start in verse 18. It says, Of his own will begat he, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. What does that mean right there? What it means is, is uh, uh, James is writing to the church and saying, you were born through the word of God. Not your natural birth, but your spirit birth. You were born again through the influence 
and the power of the word of God. In 1 Corinthians 4.15, it bears this out. It says this, that uh, we were begotten through the gospel. You weren't born again because of the charm of a preacher. Are you with me right now? And, and you weren't born again just because you happened to walk into a church. But something happened when the word got inside of you. It produced something supernatural that made you take those steps to be born again. You can't be born again without the word. You can't have a plant without the seed, and you can't be born again without the word. We're born again by the word of the Lord. Uh, and then uh, in verse 19, it says, My beloved brethren, uh, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. I'm going to read that verse 21 again from another translation because people are like, superfluity, what in the world are you talking about? 21, it's basically saying this. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So the Bible's saying right here, if you want this word to make a difference in your life, a change in your life, first of all, understand, you can only be born of the Spirit through the power of the word inside of you. And it says, but what do I do? You have to get rid of the moral filth and the evil that's prevalent. You, th there's a lot of things uh, that, uh, uh, that we've got to get out of our life to be able to hear the word of the Lord. You know the word that's translated moral filth there? It comes from the root word that means earwax. Kind of gross, huh? What is ear Earwax keeps you from being able to hear the word of the Lord. Amen? So spiritually or morally, there are some things that collect that we can't hear the word of the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That it's, it's literally being deaf, that they can't receive and hear the word of the Lord. So the Bible is saying that's what part of repentance does. It cleans out your ears. It's about a change of mind and a change of direction so you can begin to hear the word of the Lord. And secondly, the Bible says here that you have to accept the word uh, or receive the word. It means like a, the... the what the Bible's actually saying here, like somebody that welcomes somebody into their home. Someone comes to the door, hey, come on in, welcome, have a seat. Would you like anything to drink? Uh, can, uh, can I take the, your coat? This is a welcome. The Bible says is if you want to see the power of the word unlocked in your life, clean out the moral filth, and then when the word comes, instead of ignoring it or just like saying, okay, well, come on in if you want to, you open up and say, I'm ready to receive. Come on now, I'm ready to receive the word of the Lord. I want to welcome the word of the Lord. How did the word come in? The Bible says it's engrafted. It is a seed that's been planted in you that has the power to save you. So if you want the word to be unlocked in your life, you may need to clean out your ears because you can't have a bunch of unforgiveness and hear the word of the Lord. You can't have a bunch of sin and habits in your life that are pulling you away from the Lord and expect to be able to clearly hear the word of the Lord. So you've got to clean it out and then you got to say Lord I welcome I want to hear I'm ready to receive I want to welcome the word of the Lord amen I, I see this when people begin to disconnect from God they become like surly teenagers you know somebody's knocking at the door and they're like somebody get the door and then 
Whoever comes in there is looking at him out the corner of their eye. They won't welcome him or say hello or anything. This is the way it is. The word of God is going to be preached. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. And there's a revelatory, life-changing word that's coming out of these lips today, not because of who's speaking, but because of what the word is. And the word is knocking on your door. And can you, can you, first of all, say, I'm ready to hear. I want to open the door. Come on in. Because I want this to be planted in my spirit. I don't want to have a heart of stone. I don't come on now. I don't want to have a wayside heart that's full of thorns and thistles. I don't want a shallow heart with stones, but I want to receive the word of the Lord. Amen. So it says, receive uh, your the, the word which is able to save your soul. And then it says in uh, verse 22, it says, but okay, you, you've got it in, you, you it was sewn in, you welcomed it, you cleaned your ears. But it says now, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, uh, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. It says, for if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man, look at it, shall be blessed indeed. I'm talking about getting the Bible off the shelf and and getting it from being some ancient document that you can't understand and you hope that somebody can break it open for you and say, you know what, I'm ready to receive the word of the Lord. Let me clean out. I'm ready to hear the word of the Lord. I'm ready to to open my heart to it, plant it in my spirit, but I also recognize that that's not enough. I've got to turn around and do what the word says because if I don't, if I don't do it, I'm like a man who looked in the mirror. A lot of, I probably everybody in here looked in the mirror this morning, didn't you? Did you look in the mirror this morning? And you're like, I got to see the damage of last night. And 46 years, uh, I heard about uh, uh, the first Queen Elizabeth took all the mirrors out of, uh, out of the palace because she was getting old. She didn't feel like she, she didn't want to see it anymore. But you, just, you look in there and you say, hey, I might need to run a comb through this. I might need to wash this off. I need to scrub a dub dub here. And my wife said, the newest thing is, she said, your eyebrows are on fleek. I don't know what it is, man, but the older people get, the more wow. Their uh, I, sorry about that sound. The, their eyebrows just go cray cray. And my my wife has a um, has one of those uh, like those hedge clipper things, and then the, and then she puts the backpack on with the blower and blows it out of the house. And, <laughs> now, when you look in the mirror, you say, "Oh my goodness." We, we got to a, a wedding yesterday, and my wife said, did you not see your eyebrows in the mirror today? That's the problem when you get old. You also can't see very good. <laughs> no, but you looked in the mirror today, and you did some stuff. You fixed it. But the Bible says a person who is only a hearer of the word is like somebody that gets up in the morning and goes, looks in the mirror and says, oh, my goodness. We need some changes right here. But then they just walk away, and the Bible says before long they forget 
that their eyebrows are on fleek and they forget that their hair looks like this and they, they forget that there's a, a big dirty smudge from work yesterday on their face. They forget about it and they go around and nothing has been changed. The the power of the word will change you. When it comes down, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, it will reveal. The Bible says the word of God is sharp, powerful. It cuts deep to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It says you need to fix this. Hey, you got some attitude things to adjust. You need to forgive that person. You need to restitute what you did wrong. The word of God begins to convict you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The word of God says, I've been telling you to do that. Why don't you do it? I've been telling you to take care of that. Why don't you take care of it? But the Bible says if you want the word to be powerful, Powerful and to bring true blessing into your life, you got to get up and be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. And then you'll be blessed. Then you'll unlock success. Then you'll, un- come on, somebody. Then you'll unlock favor in your life. Anybody ever done that before? You read the Bible and you're like, ah, I'm not hearing that right now. Come on. The word of God will get in there and start to deal with you. Start to change you, start to impact you. The Bible's saying if you'll do these things, you will be blessed. And so during this small group semester, we're going to talk about this. We're going to learn how to more effectively hear the word of the Lord. We're going to learn how to be uh, uh, readers, to, to get in and read the word of the Lord, and then take it to the next level and begin to study, teach some ways of how to get in and break apart and study the word of the Lord. If this sounds dry to you right now, then you hadn't been hearing me today. And th- this ought to be something that gets you excited to know that, hey, I can, I can lock into something and begin to break down some things uh, that can bring blessing and favor. And we're going to talk about memorizing scripture and learning, as the Bible says, to meditate on the word of the Lord. Because remember, God said through his mouth, to Joshua. Keep the word of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Then you'll be careful to do what it says and then you'll be prosperous and be successful. I'm talking about falling in love with the thing that can bring God's favor and blessing into my life. Finally, in a practical sense, it's important for us to know that Satan is real that uh, the kingdom of the enemy is real and his primary objective on the earth is to distort truth. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.10, it says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I want to tell you today that truth is what brings life because this is not just a book of rules. It's not just a book of stories. This is life. When this word gets into you, it begins to produce supernaturally something that goes beyond just our understanding. Something happens when the word gets in us. Truth is a seed. When you take hold of truth, it's a seed that's sown in our hearts and it begins to bear fruit. And the Bible said the first scripture we read today is that if we receive the truth, the truth will set us free. If you continue in the word, then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I want to make sure we all believe, we uh, agree on this today is that all 
bondage is a product of lies. All bondage is a product of lies. Something that's not true that a person believes is what leads to spiritual bondage. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's bondage to sexual immorality, gender sexual confusion, brokenness, addictions, alcoholism, abusiveness in your conduct. All bondage is a product of believing lies. That's why when somebody is bound, what what are they bound by? They're not bound just by the addiction. They're not bound just by the confusion. Come on, somebody. They're they're not bound just by the unforgiveness. They're not bound just by the hurt. They're not bound just by the shame. They are bound because of the lies that are behind all of these things. And I want to tell you today that you cannot get true liberty. You cannot be set free. You cannot be made free any other way than by continuing in the word. You know why? Because the word is truth. It combats lies. It comes against every lie that the enemy would try to use to push you out of the presence of God, to push you out of your destiny, and to push you out of the will of God. When you continue in the... I want to tell you right now that there is no lie, no matter how hard the enemy has worked to establish it in your spirit that can stand against the power of the word of truth if you will continue in the word Jesus said my words are life this is truth if you continue in the truth if you are in the word you are my disciples indeed amen and the truth will make you free sometimes people need to be made free This ain't even in my notes. But I've seen people who have pet problems that become part of who they are, become a part of their identity. Uh Uh-huh. Like the little baby who pooped his diaper and don't want nobody to change him. Mama comes to change. It's like, no, I like it. Come on, baby, it's fixing to chap up in a while. Don't change me. Some people are like that. They don't even realize how these lies are negatively impacting their life. You've seen people like that before. You can sit back and shake your head and say, why are they believing that? Why are they believing that relationship's going to make them happy? Come on. Why are they believing that? Why, why do they believe that if they continue in this life, it's going to be okay? Why, why are they believing that? The reality is, is they can continue to believe it, but if you stay in the Word, it's not just a matter of the Word will set you free. The Bible says truth will make you free. It's going to force the issue. I'm, I'm talking about powerful. I'm talking about abundant living because there are some lies that are keeping people from being successful, prosperous, blessed, and in order for them, for God to release it, there's got to be a lie that's broken. Amen? There's got to be something that they believe that is destroyed so that they are made free. Amen? And the truth has the power to make people free. Amen? Hallelujah. So condemnation is a product of lies that the enemy's told you. Self-loathing is a product of lies that the enemy's told you. It's not true, what he said. Insecurity, 
is a product of lies that the enemy has told you that you've believed. Shame. All of these things are products of the lies that the enemy tells you. And I want to tell you today, I want to remind you that Satan is a broker in lies. Some people say, well, don't preach about Satan. Don't give him any airtime. Don't give him any space. I want to tell you today that everything bad that ha has happened in my... I know there's a few dumb decisions I make, but I look back and I know that I have an adversary. I have an adversary. I have somebody that wants to destroy God's purpose for my life, and he's coming after me, and he's coming after after you but I want to tell you the worst thing that he can do is throw a fiery dart at you of untruth and get you to believe a lie but I want to tell you that if you continue in the word of God there's no amount amen of effort of the enemy that can can uh, uh, accomplish his purpose in my life because the power of the truth amen you look at Eve in the garden uh, the serpent lied to Eve and she believed the lie and this became the source of all their problems. This is the same way it is today. And the source ultimately of their death. Remember when they came, they were hiding, and God said, who told you that you were naked? In other words, you've been listening to somebody. You've been listening to lies. And I want to tell you that our culture, uh, that relationships, that... Uh, upbringing that circumstances can speak things to you that are contrary to the word of God and if you believe it it will lead you down a path of bondage that's why you got to hear the word of the Lord that's why you got to be in the word of the Lord because the word will set you free and and Satan is real he wants to keep you in the dark amen that's why the enemy fights your church attendance you know why because the word's being preached let me tell you what the devil really fights is Bible study attendance. Amen. You know why? Because he knows the power that's unleashed through the word of God. He would rather have you do anything this year than read the Bible through. He'd rather have you do anything this year than study the word of God. Because when you know the truth, it makes you free. You can't stay bound when you start welcoming the engrafted word of God. And, uh, Last thing, I've said that three times now. Spiritual warfare is real. It's really real. The enemy's trying to sow seeds of fear, uh, um, intimidation, insecurity, condemnation. But some of you messed up this week. Made a mistake. You did something you weren't going to do. And the enemy's tried to tell you all week long that God's plans that were spoken to your spirit earlier this month are no longer going to come to pass. But that's a lie from the enemy because you have an advocate with the Father. The Lord said, I write to you that you sin not, but when you sin, you have an advocate. You can repent and you can be restored. And I want to tell you, the enemy it will do everything that he can to keep you away from the liberating power of the word of God. But Satan, you let him come to the wrong place today because the word is coming forth and the word's going to set somebody free in this house today. The word has the power to do that. Somebody needs to unlock or unfold or uncrease yourself from a lie. I see this right now in the spirit. It's like this. Your belief system, your mind, your thinking, the lie of the enemy, it's become intertwined. 
And right now the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you've got you've to pull yourself out of it. It's not enough to just say, okay, this is a good word. I like this. Uh, this is a good word. You're still wrapped up in this lie. But somewhere right now in the Spirit, there's power through the weapons of warfare. I believe there is power in rebuking the lies of the enemy. I believe there is power in taking authority, amen, over anything that's trying to destroy your life or your family. And you say, no, I refuse it. I reject it. I come out of that right now, and I'm going to take hold of the promises of God because there is truth when the word comes forth, it has the power, the, the supernatural power to produce. It is life. The word of God is not just concepts. It is life. It can produce life in those that will accept and embrace and believe it. Now, I want to tell you right now, this, as I said before, in this thing called spiritual battle, the enemy's primary objective is to keep you in bondage, to keep you in the dark. He doesn't want you to truly be happy. He doesn't want you to have the joy of the Lord. He doesn't want you to feel good about yourself. Are you listening to me right now? He doesn't want you to be on the track that God has planned for you. He doesn't want the anointing to flow through you. He will do anything that he can, come on now, to keep you in bondage and keep you in the dark. I don't know if you've ever watched a documentary about North Korea, uh, the totalitarian regime, the hermit kingdom there, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-dead, whatever. All of those leaders are totalitarian. And uh, if you, it's, it's fascinating because these people have been brainwashed into like a form of worship of their leader. And uh, they use, first of all, propaganda. And they are a closed culture. In other words, they don't let any outside influence or voice in. Uh, even hampering uh, internet access and any kind of uh, type of entertainment. So the thing is, is what's wrong with these people now? They don't know anything different. They think that this is normal. And so the propaganda keeps feeding them the lie that even though you don't even have enough food to grow to a normal height, everything is good where you are and you're in the best place in the world. You know why? Because they keep the truth out. And if they can keep the truth out, then they can control these poor people and the people don't even know the difference. I'm telling the truth right now. This is the way that these totalitarian regimes work. They silence truth. They cut out any influence. They isolate people and put them into a hermit situation so that they cannot hear or know the truth. And I want to tell you, this is the same thing that the enemy does. And when you come into a place like this, he's pacing the floor. He's watching because he knows he has you believing for a long time that you can't be happy, that you can't be set free from that, that you can't be a new creature. But the word of God is breaking through that and saying, you know what? God's promises are real. The truth of God will set you free if you'll welcome the word. Amen. If you'll continue you in the world. The truth will make you free. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And they're saying, I didn't even know. I didn't even know I could have peace. I didn't even know that life could give meaning and have meaning. I didn't even know that I could get rid of the shame that's been facing me and carrying me. This load. I didn't even know that I could overcome these vices that I've been struggling with. Come on, somebody. I didn't even realize that it was not normal to host anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and walk around under that heavy yoke and load. I didn't know that I could be set free. But the truth of the Word of God will make you free. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Praise the Lord. The Word of God's powerful. The Bible says this, that the Lord chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. Why, why did you choose that, Lord? Why did you make it your determination that somebody has to stand in front of a group of people or a handful of people or one-to-one and begin to speak the gospel? The Bible says this. The Bible, remember we saw earlier, the Bible says that you were begotten of the gospel. Your change, the transformation, the newness of life that you're walking in and living in today, it's not just because you cleaned up your life or picked yourself up or made some necessary adjustments. It's because the Word got in you. And you welcomed the Word. You said, I want to hear more Word. I want to continue in the Word. I like what happened in I don't want this to be just a one-time thing, but I want to continue in the Word. And when the Word got in, it began to bring life. Word of God is bringing hope. Word of God is bringing peace right there. My wife complains because, to me because sometimes that I'll go through the whole day if she's out of town or somewhere else, ladies' conference or whatever. She comes home, it's 3 or 4 in the afternoon, and she's like, why are the blinds still closed? Because, I don't know, I mean, I didn't know I was supposed to open them. This place is dark. This place is depressing. She goes through and starts twisting those things, you know, <laughs> open it up, open it up, and light just starts coming into the room. Just the whole, the whole mood changes. Everything changes, right? The Word of God is truth and the Spirit of the Lord right now. If you'll receive the Word, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God's coming forth right now. And somebody who thought that this situation couldn't change or thought that their uh, mindset wouldn't be adjusted or couldn't be adjusted, the Word of the Lord right now is bringing hope, opening up the blinds right now in your spirit. Uh, what's been dark, what's been closed off, where it's been in the dark, where you've just believed that this is the way it's going to be, the Word of the Lord right now in God's Spirit is coming in and bringing turn on the light, like opening up the, opening up the blinds. Uh, and there's hope in your spirit right now. I want to tell you right now that this is a season where God wants to bring change and transformation and deliverance into your life. We're going to pray for one another right now before we leave this place because there's hope here in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray for that person next to you and then in just a minute I'm going to give you a chance to step forward if you want to, uh, to take a step of faith before the Lord and say, God, I, I want the word to be engrafted like, like I planted in my spirit where it'll bring change and so right now we're going to pray for one another we're going to ask the Lord say Lord I pray Jesus that the blinds would be open right now I pray that the light of hope through the truth would come into the spirit of my brother or sister right now Lord God that the darkness that's been produced by the lies of the enemy whatever it is in their life Lord Jesus I'm praying Lord God that truth would begin to send light 
into their situation, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We know that your word is truth. We know that the enemy is a liar. He's the father of lies, and everything that he said is not true. But, God, your word is truth. And if we continue in the truth, it will make us free. So I'm praying right now, Lord God, that you would bring hope, that you would bring truth, Lord Jesus, that the seed, Lord God, would come into a heart or an ear, Lord Jesus, of somebody that is hearing the word right now. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to bring that person that you're praying with and come on up to the front right now, just for a few moments, we're going to pray together before we leave. I just feel like today that God wants to bring hope into somebody's life. So just step out of where you are and come up to the front right now because somebody can receive the baptism of the Spirit today, which is God's Spirit working on the inside, bring, inside bringing sanctification and renewal. Come on, come on. Just step up just for a little bit right now. We're going to pray together in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In this There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, the light's coming in right now. God's presence and spirit is coming. Is Hope. There's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's getting ready to be a baptism. God's presence and spirit in this place. And uh, we're, we're going to pray for one another. We're going to lay hands. We're going to uh, let the spirit of the Lord bring blessing into lives today. And we're going to speak the word of faith over lives right now. I just got to go with... Um, what I feel right now. There's somebody here that uh, has been suffering like from just a lingering uh, depression, like a spirit of heaviness that um, like it's, it's been there longer than it should have been and, and you can't shake it off. And perhaps there's not even a reason for it. It's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can trace it back to some thoughts or some uh, ideas. But, but the spirit of the Lord is here today to bring liberty because... Um, as we put on the garment of praise in just a moment as we begin to worship the Lord, uh, I'm going to take authority over every lie that the enemy has used to cloud your mind to bring depression and discouragement into your spirit. There may be others here that are struggling with habits and you don't think that you can break them, but right now the truth of God's word says uh, that God's power is here to bring newness of life. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to just pray the prayer of faith.
And uh, as we pray the, pray the prayer of faith in this place, if you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can receive it. If, if you need to be set free or liberated from uh, that heaviness, depression that I'm talking about, it can happen. God can heal you from, uh, from diseases in this place. This is the power of the Word of God right now. We're speaking the Word of the Lord. <clears throat> so across this place, if you're up here, just lift your hands right now. And I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. Lord God, right now, I thank you for the truth of your Word. It is forever settled in heaven. And we declare right now by the authority of the Word of God that every lie that the enemy has told that's been believed and become woven into the spirit of men and women today, that that lie, Lord God, would be confronted by the truth of God's Word. By the authority of the Word of God, I command them to be set free from the effect of this lie. And I declare every promise from the Word of God into their life. In the name of Jesus Christ, let people be delivered from depression and heaviness right now. Let the joy of the Lord come upon them. Somebody, Lord Jesus, that the enemy has convinced that this is who they are and this is who they'll have to be. That is a lie of the enemy. Enemy, and we take dominion and authority over it and we declare the joy of the Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus be set free from oppression. Be set free from torment right now.